4: It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, on S N with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
5: Got him! There it is! Wicket number 700! And they can't catch him! Shane Warne, through the gate, as Scott Strauss. Well, you got the feeling he was right in the script, Shane Warne. Way back in Perth, when he took wicket number 699 to remove Monty Panesar. He'll be delighted that wicket number 700 has not just come here at the MCG on Boxing Day, but it's also Andrew Strauss. Bloke was playing well, and in front of his home crowd, he holds the ball aloft. Well bowled Shane Warne, wonderful career, and no better way than to hit the stumps for wicket number 700.
1: Good morning, and we had to start that way. A uh, different Mowers Club. This morning, usually we're here on a Saturday morning, Adam Peacock and Nick Davis having a bit of a laugh to get our way into the weekend, but we all woke up this morning. Anyone who has any comprehension about what cricket is, what sport is, what Australian life is, if you want to extend it that far, it's shocking news that Shane Warne has passed away at the age of 52. It's been all over the news this morning and a great job by Melbourne crew, Andy Mann, and then Hutchie, Craig Hutchison. After that, we've jumped in here at 10am Sydney time to... Uh, Pick things up on 1170 SEN. Adam Peacock alongside Julian King this morning. Nick Davis is out um, with his AFL commitments. Jules, uh, yeah, quite the morning.
3: Uh, surreal and subduing. Adam, good morning to you and to everyone. Uh, it was about 2am, my son woke me up. He says, Dad, i got these, these foot cramps. Are you all right? And then as you do, you go to the phone and I get a couple of these notifications and I see Shane Warne and, and my reaction was, oh, what's he done now? And then uh, you open the story. He's died it. What you read it and you read it again, and and you th- it it can't be real uh, off the back of backers. It just can't be real. And you know what? This one hurts. It, it really hurts. Baratcinderace, our colleague here, he wrote online. He said it's going to be one of those where were you moments. Mm. Um, he was the king, never before, never again. And we've seen the tributes flow in from not just cricketers but politicians, rock stars, sports stars across the globe. That's how transcendent Shane Keith was. He was, as you know, and for people of our generation ads I grew up watching him and just enjoying his wizardry, his mastery, his flamboyance, his magnetism, this, this chubby blonde haired kid from Fern tree gully. He got picked in the Sydney test. I was there that day. Uh, I don't think anybody quite knew what was in store and, mm. and what lay ahead. It, it was the rock star revolutionary who revived this dying art. And um, as, as Cummins said, you know, cricket changed after he got picked and it'll never be the same again.
1: Yeah. We, Certainly not ready. You're never quite ready for um, when a, a legend passes and and leaves the earth. And obviously we've had Rod Marsh this week and the tributes came in and I've loved all the, the reflections of Rod Marsh and what he was for Australian cricket, not just as a player, but then as a coach and what he meant to a next generation of players, but but warned as well in in another respect and, and not putting one above the other, absolutely not, but worn in terms of the reflections and hearing all the stories driving in this morning of of people calling in and and his former teammates and and Gibbo um, as well who's here this morning morning Gibbo um, who was the one that let me know what was going on as well with the text message and it was one of those text messages like what no and then you have to confirm it as well Gibbo it's it's a it's a strange old morning and you've been hot all over the place on um, online finding all the. The highlights that we're going to play over the next two hours of, of warning. There's um, plenty of material to work with.
6: Oh, there's plenty of material, Adam. Good morning, Jules, ads, and all the listeners. I it's been a bit of an awkward one this morning because I've delivered this news to a lot of people, mm. and it's their reaction is is amazing, in a very sad way. He, I've saying to Jules earlier, he transcends all sport, especially for a young guy like myself. Cricket, cricketers weren't rock stars, mm. and Shane Warne was. But yeah, we've got plenty of audio coming at throughout the show, and this afternoon. So really looking forward to it, boys.
1: And want uh, the listeners' involvement as well. Obviously, everyone has a reflection of Shane Warren. Anyone who's listening to SCN eleven seventy, I dare say, knows a lot about what Shane was and is, and always will be to the Australian Sporting Landscape, 0457 736 736. Text in 0457 736 736. Or so if you want to talk about it, we're here to take the call as well. one one 1170 one 1170 When did Shane Warne first enter your brain as something to, to keep an eye on? I remember it clearly. I was a, a kid um, walking along in the city with my mum, actually. I remember it clearly. The afternoon edition of the paper had just come out. It was in days when the, the Telegraph Mirror in those days had the morning edition, afternoon edition. Walked past this bloke and I said, oh, is the, the cricket result through? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's over, but it's not in the paper, son. And I went, oh, okay, what happened? He goes, oh, Shane, young Shane Warne, he took a seven for. And that was the MCG match against the West Indies. The, and that was when he first, it was like, oh, hang on.
3: The flipper, the Richie Richardson flipper. Yeah. You go, what? Is this sorcery we're witnessing? It just skidded on low and straight, and Richardson ready for the traditional Caribbean cover drive, and the back <laughs> foot hit him halfway up. it has got to take middle, and you thought, okay, okay, we've we've got something here. And that that it's funny mm. that that is a a memory singed, I guess, in the brains of many people. I think, oh, this this guy is something different. I remember being at the SCG for his debut, and he was copping a fair bit of tap, and Shastri got.
1: Oh, Ravi went to town on him,
3: Yeah, Shastri got the double hundred. And I had the good fortune of interviewing Ravi Shastri a couple of years back. And I said, look, at the time, did you foresee that he would be as good as he was? And he said, not 708 wickets good, but I knew that he was good. And Greg Matthews said the same thing. He said, he'll get 300 test wickets, this bloke. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which leads me to that other story about Rod Hogger, a fellow Victorian. He had a, a column in the paper. It was the Truth newspaper. He wrote an article. He said, "This Shane Warne, I will tell you what, he's going to get five hundred Test wickets." Because <laughs> Hoggy was the captain coach of Waverley Dandenong. This was in the district comp in in eighty nine, mm. and he watched his batsman just hammer St Kilda bowling. And he sides one for one twenty five, and on comes comes this blonde haired bloke. Nobody knew his name. Thought I, oh, not even the scorer. They went from one for one twenty five to eight for one sixty five. And in Hoggy's words, he was a little fat turd. He got four wickets <laughs> for hardly any. But what about this? The Truth newspaper sacked him. He got the sack because they thought, mate, this bloke, what he got a bag for? You think he's going to get 500 test wickets? You're wrong. They sacked him. Hoggy. They sacked him for making such an outlandish prediction. But guess what? He says, maybe they knew I was about 200 wickets short. <laughs> <Because Yeah. laughs> just remarkable. But people saw his talent early.
1: Mm. Uh, in a way, I mean... Uh, it's hard to put when, when you reflect, when something like this happens, it, it, you, you, you try to place it, mm. you try to work out what this person means to Australian society, because a lot of things make up Australian society and, um, whether it be sport, whether it be other things, the arts, whatever, but you look at sport around the world and you go, okay, America, who are the people that define sport in America? The big, big ticket items, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Yeah. There's a, there's an air of absolute greatness about all of them. Sure, they're, they're all great sports people, but they're tied to, you know, wow, look at what Michael Jordan has done with his brand and how good he was and how ruthless he was. And Tom Brady, relentless, still going into his 40s. And LeBron James looking to try and do the same as well. You, you look over to England and the big stars over there, love celebrity England, so David Beckham, wow. Maybe not the best footballer that England's ever produced, but probably the biggest sports star that I can think of as well. And then you look at Warney and you go, What's Warney? Great. <laughs> yes. But a character. Yeah. And it kind of fits in with what the country's about in a certain respect. Not yeah. everything. And it doesn't, mm. it, it, I'm not trying to generalize and say Shane Warne is all of us, all 25 million, but makes mistakes, owns up to them lives life, lives life large, yeah. does what he feels like doing, which got him into trouble sometimes, but overall never shirked a, an opportunity to yeah. try and be something greater than what he was at that chosen time. It
3: kind of wasn't an, an us and them relationship. Like, say, for example, your you average show below America, Tom Brady the goat. Whereas Warney, like you said, for all his foibles and uh, misdemeanours, I guess, it, he was relatable. Yeah. Relatable. We didn't always agree with him, but he ju- he had your spellbound. For better or for worse, he had your spellbound. He yeah. was captivating in a way that, that few others were.
1: It's very easy to give in to the temptation of having a pizza, uh, of having a dart, if you like <laughs> yeah, those kind that. of things. He, he did he, – he lived how he wanted to live, and he maybe lived in the moment a, a little mm. too much. Obviously, i i reading – I remember – reading about or hearing about with that great interview that Mark Howard did that they're playing on Fox Cricket throughout the day today about the regrets he had when his marriage broke down. He, he just loved his kids. and all that. Everything that he went through was relatable in some way, shape or form. And <laughs> remember that day at Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, where we were no hope going into day five. Magic Adelaide. Yeah. Where
3: Huss hit the winning, yeah. Yeah,
1: right. and he, he trots out. That morning and gets things going. He, he takes a few wickets and all that. And he just bowled and bowled and bowled. And he was ruthless in his want to destroy England, which is what he did. He gets rid of Peterson. He gets rid of a few others. And at the end, he, they. I remember clearly Channel 9 did an interview with him just outside the dressing room. And there he was <laughs> with a can of Coke next to him. And I think he was begging for a pizza to be yeah. delivered or something like that. Domino's had to do an emergency delivery uh, did, into did, the place. Did you see that Warren documentary on on Amazon? I haven't was, watched it yet,
3: but oh, I dare say it's, it's, it's going to. Really, uh, spoiler alert! I'll just tell you this one thing. So he goes to Tendulkar invites him to his house for dinner, right? And he said, "Do you like curry?" Oh yeah, no, I love curry. He said, "Warren was just so polite, he didn't want to say no." And he's there with his manager, and, and Warren said, "Every mouthful just blew his head off. It was so <laughs> spicy." So he's just, and such and, everything good? Yeah, it's, it's great, such and Thank you. And he noticed that the, the amount of food on his plate was slowly diminishing. Mm. And he says to Warren's manager, is everything okay? Because it looks like he's eating. And now he's slowly dumping it to his manager's plate. He didn't have the heart to say, look, I, I'm sorry, I can't eat this food. So <laughs> at the end of the night, they're in the, they're in the kitchen. It's whipping up a few eggs. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's why he got those baked beans delivered, wasn't yeah, it? To, yeah, yeah. Baked the beans and naan. Exactly. So... um. We, we've got some uh, guests lined up uh, to reflect on Warney. That, that's going to be the focus for the Moas club this morning up until 12 o'clock. Um, there is a test match as well happening. Um, so, obviously, they've had to cr- commemorate uh, before day one Rod Marsh. The same will happen when play gets underway later this afternoon in Pakistan, with uh, Pakistan at one for 245 at the end of day one. And uh, it does look like a challenge. For the bowlers, uh, it looks like something that Shane Warren would appreciate the mm-hmm. challenge of, and and trying to pick his way um, through Pakistan's well-set batsmen.
3: It's interesting you say that, and now a lot of debate and conjecture over whether they went in with the right bowling lineup. That the stock standard three three, the tried and true three quicks and, and Nathan Lyon, and you know, should we have picked the leg spinner? Because we've been trying mm-hmm. to find a leg spinner since Shane Warne and Swepson has plenty of admirers, but. When I saw that, you know, they got to 100 without loss, and I said, this is an absolute road. You didn't want to lose the toss. Cummins did. And, and I remember, and, and Warren was so good at unpicking a game. And, and you know he used to do all those masterclasses? Mm. And they'd say to him, you are you bowling on, on an unresponsive track? Just nothing's going right. What do you do? And he says, if nothing's happening, I encourage a drive. So mm. just throw it outside off stump, get them to drive. They might miss one. That is the best way to get a wicket. And all I was thinking of yesterday is just, just throw it up on a fifth stump line and see if they can't spoon one into the covers.
1: Yeah, no. yeah. And that's act actually, in a way, how Nathan Lyon got the wicket. You could see charged, that that, yeah. um, uh, that opener was a little agitated for some unknown reason just before lunch, and he just floated one up and he charged down the wicket. But with Warren... Um, brought up a point there about the fact that, yeah, we've been searching for a leg spinner ever since. It's not through a lack of trying and a a lack of kids wanting to be like Shane Warren, but again, it amplifies how great the guy is that no one's got close to being able to do what he did. Even though they've had the greatest reference point you could ever get living with it, growing up, watching it every weekend during summer, but you can't, you can't do what Warney did.
3: They just thought, oh, there's going to be this production line of leg spinners now. Everybody takes up leg spin, but they realise no one can do it as well as him, mm. and that's the thing. And the other thing I loved about Ward is that he never hid his craft from anybody. He was never secretive about it. He'd show everybody, oh, how do you do this? Oh, yeah, look, I just sort of throw it out the back of the room. He He showed the world yeah. his bag of tricks. Yeah. He showed the world.
1: He'd go up to kids, up-and-comers, and happily pass on whatever advice they wanted to hear, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was just so magical what he could do. He, I, I was amazed that y- you watch what he does, how he could land what he did with a cricket ball, and essentially make it talk. Yeah, incredible. Yeah.
3: And, and this is a thing. I mean, you remember the, all the Ashes tours, and you'd have to go to bed, but Warns bowling a long spell. He said, oh, "I just can't," because you, yeah, every ball something was going to happen. You know, th- oh, oh, god. You couldn't go to bed. He was the most spellbinding cricketer I've seen in my life.
1: He encouraged insomnia <laughs> yes. every four years in the middle of winter.
3: Yeah, You know what, we never saw Bradman, who was the first rock star, but we should thank our lucky stars we got worn in our lifetime.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So you're with the Mowers Club, a different Mowers Club, tribute to Shane Warren today, who has passed away overnight at the age of 52.
4: Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
3: Getting a reflections on the passing of Shane Warne today, 0457 736 736. Australia after day one, roll Pindy one for 245. And, of course, before the first ball being bowled, they had to process the passing of Rod Marsh and now Shane Keith-Warne. Australian captain Pat Cummins had this to say.
7: Warne was an all-time great, a once-in-a-century type cricketer, and his records will live on forever. Um, we all grew up watching Warney, idolising him. We all had posters on his wall, um, had his earrings. Um, we we love so much about Warney, um, You know, his showmanship, his charisma, his tactics, the way he, he just willed himself and the team around him to win games for Australia. And probably above all else, his incredible skill as a leg spinner. Uh, there's So many guys in this team and squad who, uh, you know, still hold him as a hero, their all-time favourite player. And the loss that we're all trying to wrap our heads around is huge. Um, it's been a really tough day, a couple of days for Australian cricket after the passing of Rod. We just wish, you know, the best to both families especially Shane's parents and his kids. The game was never the same after Warney emerged and the game will never be the same after his passing. Rest in peace, King.
1: Yeah, uh, Pat Cummins there, and that's what <laughs> casually everyone started to call Shane War King mm. and he didn't bring it on himself, just people started to... I oh know Mark Howard, mate of mine, how he works with him on Fox Cricket... Work with him on Fox Creek. He just calls him King.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they all do, Skull. Yeah, good boy, yeah. King. Well said, King.
1: And and he wasn't going to turn around and go. Well, don't call me that. <laughs> it's a pretty good nickname, yeah, too. Yes. To wasn't get.
3: he the, the King of Moomba back in what 2016 as well? Mm. He might have been. Yeah, maybe.
1: yeah. But it, Pat Cummins he grew up uh, in the Lower Blue Mountains, and I dare say in the backyard with his battles with his brothers Matt and Tim uh, that they used to try and take each other's heads off. They used to quicken the wicket up in the backyard of the mm-hmm. Cummins household and um, put – well, not this week they wouldn't have needed to, but uh, put some put some hose on it and uh, make it quicker. <laughs> but at some point, yeah. like every other kid growing up who held a cricket ball in the backyard and started to bowl, they would have tried to bowl leg spin and the, emulate the run-up yeah. as well – or not even a run-up. It's step, 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 arm swing back, up, over, and – and through, and I, I tried. I'm a left-hander. I w- yeah. would have looked nothing. Would have looked more like Paul Adams, the mm. Frog in a Blender, rather <laughs> than <laughs> more of a Bocassin kind of yeah, <laughs> SK yeah. one But yeah. everyone tried to do what he did. Well, our next guest uh, will joining
3: us shortly, Trent Copeland. Uh, I think much in the same mould. He he said himself, you know, I tried to bowl leg spin, and mm. realised uh, this is too hard, and ended up becoming a a, a wonderful seamer. And that's one such example. Uh, Stuart McGill. Um, Another quality leg spinner. It's interesting. I heard S. C. G. McGill say in an interview. He's talking about Shane Warne. He said the thing about Warne, McGill was a prolific turner of the cricket ball. The thing about Warne, he said, it, leg spin just came so naturally to him. Because McGill was more of a manufactured leg spinner. he's so had to work so hard on on where I landed my foot, my wrist position. Whereas Warne was just this this beautiful economy of movement. You mentioned there the approach to the crease, couple of steps, just sat nicely in the hand with those really strong wrists that he had. And he was asked about. Bowling in tandem with Warren. And there's this idea that, oh, you don't play two league spinners in the same side. And McGill's rationale was as follows. He said, well, I always thought you just pick your four best bowlers. And he said, I wish I'd played more test matches alongside Shane Warren because hmm. we together would have been unstoppable. <laughs> oh, there would
1: have been no respite on a on a pitch doing absolutely anything. Yeah. It would have been no respite. But Warren, the personality, was was as big as... The ability that he had on a cricket field and um, I love this this popped up on my timeline this morning uh, tweeted by Michelle Escobar of Optus Sport Um, just listen to the first two seconds of the sit down interview Shane Warne did with Lee Sales at the 7.30 report when his book came out
6: Shane it's lovely to meet you
1: yes nice to be met Now,
3: a lot of young fans would agree with that. If, yes. if
1: a person with lesser ability said yeah. that, it would have been you,
3: wanker. Yeah, a bit howled down on social media. But
1: yeah, it's worn, no. You go, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you don't mind. Nice. It's just <laughs> nice to be met. And there's no harm. <laughs> like he's not disparaging of the person no, he's viewing. No. He's just showing that you know I'm I'm pretty good.
3: I saw a beautiful tweet, um, a Rajasthan Royals fan from India. He said, Look, you know they were tipped to come last. Remember, and and that was the character Shane Warren. Make you the captain, IPL, will pay you, and you run the team as you see fit. And a bunch of talented players, but no-name players. And he said, you know what? Everyone writes us off. We're a chance at this. Mm. And so this guy said, my baby was born on the day of the final, the first ever IPL. Rajasthan won it. I didn't have a name. He named his firstborn son Shane. Shane. Yeah, so the impact of people in life that you never meet.
1: It's not a traditional...
3: No, it's a dying. You don't meet many Shanes these days, do you? Indian name, is name. it? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: just a text on the text line. Keep them coming as well. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six 736, 736 uh, from JS. Morning, gents. I remember watching the Aussies at the SCG and to sum up, Warren with the crowd, he came to the boundary near field, and someone yells out, hey, Shane, want a durry? In an instant, he turns to the crowd and yells back, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, never forget seeing Warnie having a dart in the window of the Adelaide Oval change rooms at lunch and tea overlooking the crowd in the back and pumping the crowd up, RIP, Warnie. That's from Matt from Northgate.
1: We are just about to uh, take a break, and on the other side of the break, more reflections. Uh, We'll check in with Trent Copeland, who was lined up to talk to us on the Mowers Club uh, this morning, but we're definitely going to chat to him about Warnie.
5: Well, well, well. That's as good a flipper as you'll ever see. We've seen a few of those uh, on the Astros too. We've seen a few during the summer so far against New Zealand, but
1: none better than that. Two kings at their craft right there. Richie Banno commentating a Shane Warne flipper.
3: You know, we're talking about this supposed production line off the back of Shane Warne and how no one was as good. It was a Richie who said, you know, it took me four years to master the flipper. and Shane Warne did it in two. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, good shout. Very good shout. Um, Welcome back to uh, the Mowers Club this morning, reflecting on the life of Shane Warne, who passed away overnight in Thailand, aged 52. And joining us right now, uh, he was due to play some grade cricket this morning, I think. And I'm not sure they've got on because it's a little bit boggy in Sydney, but he's been good enough to share some of his time right now. Trent Copeland, who was going to join us anyway, but uh, Copes, wow, Um, how do you sum up your feelings this morning um, it probably echoes a few in Australian cricket right now.
0: Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, I'm pretty emotional, I must say. And it's not just today. It's the last two days with Rod Marsh. The day before, it's, you know, these guys are being taken far too soon from us. Legends of the game. Uh, the last two years in particular with COVID and everything going on in the world. Uh, we don't even need to mention what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine. But it, it is just... Really hard to fathom uh, his impact in terms of what he did for the sport that we all love in cricket uh, to the game that he played, but also then continued to commentate, be larger than life with the BBL in the early years. He really was the making of the BBL on commentary, talking us through what he was about to do, how he was going to bowl a flipper, a wrong and then just you know, toying with the world's best at the top level as he did for so long in Test cricket. So, yeah, a real tragedy, and um, yeah, I'm still nowhere near coming to terms with it, to be honest.
3: It's 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 such shocking news. It's still hard to process. You pinch yourself, and and you're still asking yourself, "Is this real, Trent?" You know, it's funny to you and me and ads and and hundreds of thousands of people around the cricketing world and they pick up a cricket ball and it's the classic one, the two fingers up two fingers down we've all tried it knew you yourself had a crack didn't you
0: yeah well when I was a kid I, I mean watching this legendary team of ours that uh, no doubt you guys watched and loved from afar as well you know the 16 test wins in a row Warney was really everything in terms of you know, making the game look easy and particularly doing a skill that is just ridiculously hard. I mean, I I sent out a tweet this morning that you know, the Gatting ball was, you know, iconic. Undoubtedly, everyone knows what I'm talking about. I, you know, forever, I was out in the backyard trying to replicate that. You just you, you just get to realizing that what he did in his career was just ridiculous. And, and you know, we've seen very few able to get even close to being regular test spinners in the art of leg spin. So, yeah, it's just remarkable what he achieved, over 700 test wickets. Um, but really, you know, it's it's all the other stuff that went with Warnie that made him so special. And when Pat um, did a what would have been incredibly difficult after a long day of test cricket, um, a really heartfelt message on behalf of you know, cricket generally, but the Australian cricket team and Cricket Australia in general, talking about Warnie and, and what he has done for the game, and, and he really did transcend the game before, after, and he will continue to do so. Copes, we,
1: myself and Jules, were talking before about how he was always willing, if anyone asked, anyone with a little bit of talent um, came up to him and said, hey, Warnie, <laughs> this, and it didn't matter where they were from either. It wasn't geographically based. It wasn't like he only talked to Victorians or Australians. He was, he was happy to, to help other players from other countries as well have you got a a, an anecdote along those lines where he was happy to pass on advice and it was invaluable for the person who was doing all the listening?
0: uh really the the one that actually springs to mind is not you know it didn't directly involve me but it was a game I was covering and it was a big bash game where Rashid Khan was in Australia for the first time playing at the MCG and Warnie was on commentary and he went down and did a little In the warm-up, as you do, walk on the field, look at the pitch, talk to a few of the players. Uh, He ended up spending a good 15, 20 minutes talking leg spin bowling with Rashid Khan, who now is synonymous with T20 cricket, one of the best, in fact, I think the number one ranked T20 bowler in the world. Uh, But he was down there just literally like a kid talking in the backyard with his mate about someone with mutual respect for... the game, the art form that was leg spin and uh, just the way he talked, the passion he had for literally a a person that he saw talent in, uh, he saw prospects moving forward and really he just wanted to help and you bang on with the fact that it really didn't matter which walk of life he came from, Uh, he was just incredibly thankful for where he was, I mean I'm sure people out there didn't see this part of him and saw the larrikin and the outward crazy guy but... I mean, still to the day, the last time I ever interacted with Shane, you know, I'm in, in no way a big name in cricket, but walking into the commentary area at the Test match this summer and he sees you at the lift and he says, G'day Trent. You know, like, by name, always respectful. Uh, and it, it's, a, yeah, it's one of those things where anyone who's come across him and had that chance, like you say, to look him in the eye uh, and engage has been very lucky.
3: Mm. The other thing that struck me too Caves, about Warney is, is how he could compartmentalise his cricketing world from his private world. And he says, you know, when he crosses that boundary <laughs> rope, it's all about, you know, he was the ultimate savant really when it came to cricket. And the prime example, 2005, he, his life was falling apart off the field. And what does he do? In an Asher series takes 40 wickets at 19.9 mm-hmm. with a record 96 wickets in the year. It's just astonishing stuff.
0: Yeah, oh, you just you can remember the moments where he's out on the balcony with the stump in hand, just dancing around in his lights. Uh, you know, the moments where you see him cigarette in hand. Or, you know, it just... I Honestly, I wish there was more people... Not I'm not saying specifically like Wani off the field. I just mean that we're their authentic self. When it comes to who they are outside the game, when they speak to the media, then even just in regular, everyday life, I think we see far too many, and I'm not talking cricket here, I talk sport generally in Australia, that we see far too many facades on what we think is appropriate or what we want to project rather than who are we really on the inside. So uh, Warney was the greatest example of that. And, and we saw it uh, warts and all, which was, you know, a great fun to watch from afar as a fan. And then obviously as he's gone into commentary, him talking about others, uh, you know, we were very fortunate.
1: Yeah, he was commentary. He was uh, he was fun to listen to because there was always he always wanted the game to move forward, and he had a crystal clear idea about how the game should move forward. And, and sometimes he'd, he'd throw out ten or, or twelve pieces of advice, and one had come off, and he'd look like the genius. It's like everyone would immediately forget about the nine or yeah. eleven that he it didn't quite come off, <laughs> yeah. but he'd look like the genius. He, he was a, a cricket brain that probably didn't need any advice from an early, like he he worked it out all himself, if you know what I mean. It wasn't like, okay, he got advice from people like Terry Jenner and others, I'm sure, uh, moulded him into the cricketer he was, but his cricket brain and and what he saw and how he saw the game of cricket evolving before his very eyes, he he was pretty definitive about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's really the unspoken part of Warnie's brilliance throughout his career was, you know, he with some legends of the game that no doubt helped in conversation. Uh, you know, John Buchanan throughout that stage no doubt helped a little tactically, but uh, really his feel for the game and understanding of what was going on. And you spoke about the commentary side. I don't know about you guys, but it, when he talks about the game generally, it was, you know, he, he had a really good eye for the game itself. Then as soon as a spinner came in, into the attack or he was talking about spin bowling, it was just a different level that no one else really that i've heard can really articulate as yeah. anywhere near as well as him yeah. uh, it was just like he went into this zone where he is the almighty in that f- field and he absolutely was that uh, in terms of what he produced on the field but yeah it really was a special way that he attacked the game had foresight was able to understand what was going to happen and then what needed to be put in place to make it successful so Yeah, I mean, from a playing sense, but also the the impact he's had on... I mean, I saw a thing on Instagram a little while ago from Mitch Swepson. uh, Undoubted, you know, next leg spinner that will play for Australia in the test match format. And, you know, the impact that he's had on him, Tanvir Sanger at New South Wales, all of these young guys that have had even one touch point, let alone many. uh, You know, we're all very fortunate.
3: Uh, He was the best test captain we never had, Shane Warner. And you talk about those masterclasses. They were just compelling viewing, which leads me, Trent, to uh, the state of affairs in Royal Pindy after day one. One for 245. I remember in one of those masterclasses and and Warren said, if if there's nothing happening, if there's nothing happening, they say, what do you do? He says, i just toss it up and try and entice a drive. And I just wonder how Warren would have approached having a bowl first on that wicket at Pindy yesterday.
0: Oh, do we have to talk about it? I mean it was, <laughs> I mean, I was watching the first 15 minutes of play yesterday watching Mitchell Stark run in with that brand new ball and it really just dying off the surface. Mm. No carry, no seam movement. Really, you know, Nathan Lyon coming on in the seventh or eighth over and getting some turns straight away. It was ominous to start with and it's so flattening emotionally when you're in that moment and there's nothing doing. And then you get to lunch and they're none down. Yeah. And it's tough work. So, mm. look, I I think you're right. Warnie you would have absolutely been in that uh, conversation where, all right, let's bring the field up, set a couple on the fence and then toss it up and try and see if we can just get a mistake. Uh, like we did see out of Shafiq. But uh, other than that, i tell you what, Imam mm. uh, was incredible and uh, the scary thing is, guys, one down for over 200 runs mm. and... I think one of the best players
1: in the world, Baba Azam, well, hasn't even batted yet. I know. I know. Imam al Haq looks like he's got 20 minutes to play every shot. He can just rock back on that back foot and just go, oh, yeah, I'll pick this apart and just nullify. Even Pat was I, – I thought Pat bowled pretty well, Trent. Um, yeah, he was he, he, getting a little bit of movement, but still just that extra split second of time um, that the home batsman could take a little bit more advantage.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, genuinely, if you're – not only the skill that they produced with the bat in hand, but, I mean, before the game even started, you win the toss. And if you're a bowler, if I can guarantee you the Pakistan bowlers will have felt like they won the lottery. So <laughs> you sit back and you know when you win the toss in the subcontinent uh, in conditions like that. If your batters are able to aim up in the first day, you're just going to dominate not only this game, but the scary thing is for Australia... Moving forward, that you know, a they didn't pick two spinners. Whether or not that's the right question, uh, right decision, we won't know. But um, you know, there's going to be some serious workload and soreness into these bowlers at the start of the series. So the business end come trying to win game two, game three. Uh, there's impacts there as well. So yep, tough uphill battle for Australia from here.
3: Yeah, we're all experts, aren't we? After day one, and I know Andrew McDonald fielded <laughs> a few questions about did did they go in the the right lineup? Well, there's a pecking order and there's a tried and true method and you know Roel Pindy traditionally has been good for the quicks Uh, and three spinners sorry three Mm. quicks one spinners worked before but he said well let's see how it plays out over five days but you know what one for 245 and eight eight bowlers I'm not sure it augurs that well at the
0: moment for the Australians. Yeah well and Travis head bowling three or four overs before lunch on day one was probably an indication on one of two things that they were either very confident in their part-time bowlers to get the job done alongside Gaz. Um, And particularly, I know there's a real train of thought that, look, if it is ragging and it is spinning, Nathan will get the job done from his end. And then the one thing that hasn't been discussed, I guess, publicly with all the chat about this second spinner is the prowess of all these guys with a reverse swing. Mm. So it will come into play later in the game. When you lose the toss, it's certainly not at its best for reverse swing on day one. But it will be handy for Australia with airspeed and skills with the old reversing ball as the game goes on. The challenge is being able to get into a holding pattern long enough and batting well enough in the first innings when they get the chance that that can actually be impactful. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough one from here, but I'll tell you what, if I'm, Nathan Lyon, I'm going to have some sore fingers by the end of it.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But at least they're playing (laughs) cricket over there, unlike the Greater Sydney area at the moment, where unless you take a snorkel, you're probably not getting on today. Trent Copeland, uh, thank you so much for sharing your reflections of Shane Warne and a look at the Pakistan Test. Have a good day, mate.
0: No worries, it's my wife's birthday, so I better get back to it. Happy birthday, Kimmy. Oh,
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Smart man. Cheers, yeah. God. Cheers, mate. mate. No doubt a uh, a night at the movies and followed up by McFlurry on the way home from the Macca's drive-thru, yeah. lined up for Trent Copeland. It's red carpet stuff from Copes. So, yeah, <laughs> <you> get... <laughs> I'll do a quick break back in a moment.
4: Whether you need to trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
2: Yeah, well, I had a letter uh, from St Kilda Footy Club saying that your services are no longer required at the club after being there for nearly three years. Um, and that was my dream shattered. A mate of mine, Ricky Goff, said, uh, how would you like to, why don't you have a year off footy and um, come and play cricket in England? And I said, you know what, why not? Uh, I went over 79 kilos. Uh, I played five or six games a week and I came back 99 kilos. I put on 20 kilos 20. in six months, yeah. That's an effort. Shane Warne, uh, that's part of the Cricket Legends interview that he did with uh, Robert
1: Crash Craddock. It's a great insight into him and so many great tales. Uh, In that particular uh, interview, Adam Peacock with Julian King here on the Moes Club. Uh, uh,
3: 20 kilos and his dad said when he went to pick him up from the airport he almost didn't recognise him. news, is that you, Shane? 20 kilos. You're playing seven days of cricket, just hitting the pints every night. It's, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Uh, Rowan from Pimble has written a, a thoughtful message. He says, To say I admired Warn is an understatement. We have three pictures of the family in our house, and the only other picture of anyone else is a framed and signed picture of Warney taking his 700th test wicket. I can't explain the effect he had on my life, but I grew up wanting to bowl leg spin because he made sport and cricket so magical and filled my childhood with so many wonderful memories. As I grew older, I took inspiration from his life's triumphs and tribulations. He represented what it meant to be human, that you don't have to be perfect, and that every human has something that they can do that no one else quite can. Mm. Cricket will never be the same for me again, even after he finished his career. The fact that he was such a prominent voice in commentary and analysis meant that his persona lived on. In a world filled with platitudes... Warnie was raw and real. The fact that he's no more is a massive shock. I'll always ask myself as I watch cricket, I wonder what Warnie would say. He'll be sorely missed.
1: Nice words, Rowan. Exactly. Peter from Lumia. Uh, I was at Warney's first test with my brother and we didn't think much of him at all. Mm. He went for none or won for about a thousand. So that's fair enough. He's not alone there, Pete. Uh, so glad for Warney that he believed in his abilities and he worked on his game and became a legend. Absolutely. He certainly did, uh, Pete.
3: They knew he had something, right? And then you remember that. He, so he played Sydney, debuted, and then he went to, to Adelaide, and, and he just couldn't jag his first test wicket. Uh, sorry, he got one in Sydney, one for yep. 150, but he just couldn't get another one. And, and he says, you you doubt yourself. You're looking around, and there's border, and there's all your heroes. And he, Do I belong here? And then, do you remember that after that ad, toured Sri Lanka? And he went for Nunfer. This was at the Sinhalese Sports Ground in that first test. And then he just thought, you know what, I'm struggling here. And he said, Border comes and sits down, puts his arm around me, He says, mate, they'll, they'll come. We rate you. We know you're good. And Border said, we knew this kid was special. But then he got three for 11. Wickram a singer, Anasari and Matter a singer. Bang, bang, bang. We thought, okay, well, maybe I'll go right at this caper. Hmm. Then what happens? Boxing Day test, West Indies. As you mentioned, seven for 52, the Richardson Flipper. And the man never looked back.
1: And one more uh, one more text on the text line, 0457 736 736. Keep them coming. Uh, Paolo from Peakhurst, obviously a big listener to the show. Morning, utter disbelief, shock about warning. I can't put words together, but I'm glad as an Aussie I got to see this icon play in our summer and in our winter on tours. For that, I feel blessed. RIP
4: Shane. Well said, Paolo. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
1: Welcome back. Different morning this morning with the passing of Shane Warne at the age of 52. Adam Peacock and Julian King with you this morning. And uh, earlier today, we did a, a nationally syndicated show here on SEN uh, out of Melbourne, um, the epicentre of Shane Warn's life. Obviously, a proud Victorian he was and Victorians are very proud, as we all know. And uh, they caught up with Bill Laurie on the show this morning. And he had this to say, we'll, we'll play a bit of Bill, but firstly, what it was like commentating on Shane Warne.
8: Well, he's a dream come true for Channel 9, the television. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. just an outstanding star. He had personality. He was a gambler. He was a tough competitor. He was happy. And he made you feel happy. And when he finally came into the commentary box... <laughs> that just lit up because him was coming like Bing Crosby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a, a stark, a smiling from ear to ear, and you're not sure whether he'd come straight for the casino or not, but it didn't matter.
1: How good. I <laughs> haven't heard from Bill Laurie in a while. It's good to hear his voice, even though the circumstances yeah. uh, we could do without. Well,
3: he was the voice of Summer, along with Richie, wasn't he, Bill Laurie? It's a sort of guy where, you know, you put the cricket on, Channel 9, you just have it on the background the whole day. You'd bum around the house and you'd be in the kitchen or something and then, and then you hear Bill's voice just go up about three octaves and he, he's one of the few commentators in any sport that would just make you come bolting back yep. in the room to see what's happened.
1: Fridge open. Yeah, yeah like,
3: <laughs> what? What ought to be?
1: You turn around, yeah. oh, fridge is beeping. Better yeah. close that. Milk's yeah. going off. Anyway, um, here's more of Bill talking about Shane Warne and the, the hat trick that he took against England at the MCG early in his career.
8: The one that I, I laugh the most about was when he got the hat-trick at the MCG. Mm, mm. He got 9, 10 and 11 and none of them could bat. Right. And uh, right. yeah, Warney's bowled the final hat-trick ball and David Boone's taken one of the greatest catches ever. Booney wasn't a great athlete, he was like a barrel of beer. He just dived forward and took this magnificent catch for the hat-trick. And Warnie was all over the place. And I'll never forget that. You know, he's bowled out great batsmen all over the world and he's picked up three bunnies from <laughs> the world hailing the hat trick. <laughs>
0: oh, mate, you put a smile on our face on a, on a sad day for Australian sport and particularly Australian Cuyahut lovers, Bill. Thanks for being part of it. No, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was he got Defratus,
3: Goff and Devon Malcolm. The only three wickets he got in that innings, by the way. Uh, yeah, they got roll for 92. In the second dig there included in Australia, thumped him by 295 runs. But, yeah, 8, 9 to 10 it was.
1: Um, that was the end of the interview this morning. But another part of the Bill Laurie chat uh, from this morning on SEN was just in general about um, Shane Warne, the bowler.
8: Not an issue, I don't think. I, I don't think so. All of a sudden, it just happened, didn't it? I mean, it was his personality as much as anything else. Mm. He was bigger than Texas, even when he was young. <laughs> um, and just uh, had this... Tremendous ambition to be good at what he did, and he did it very well. He was a tremendous competitor. He couldn't run out of sight in a dark night. He wasn't a great athlete, but he was just a magnificent bowler.
1: Yeah, you remember the the tales of the boot camp <laughs> that oh, John Buchanan decided yeah. to do, which people like Justin Langer and Matt Hayden would Some have embraced lapped it, yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane Keith, uh-uh. No. no, that wasn't
3: his cup of tea. You know, he, he butted heads with John Buchanan. I remember reading, I was trying to find it this morning, and... He, he wrote an article about Warren and he said, I, I knew we'd lock horns. I knew we'd lock horns. And one of the reasons he cited for that was he said, Warren sort of knew the game before everybody everybody else. He read the game like no other. So Buchanan might have all this data and all this intel, but Warren didn't need it. Mm. So as a result, he didn't make that connection. Yeah. And, and I'll give you an example. He says, uh, 1999, right? Herschel Gibbs, the Super Sixers. Shane Warren addresses the team. He says, look, if, if you spoon it, catch to Herschel Gibbs... Just stand your ground, because Herschel's got this tendency to kind of bang, straight up in the air. Yep. No one else noticed that. War notices that. And bang, like clockwork, what happens? Steve War up there, the infamous, not that he said it, but don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. You've just dropped the World Cup. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. He sees things others don't see.
1: Incredible. Um, And Michael Atherton also joined the crew on SEN this morning. And, um, yeah, he had this to say about Shane Warne and, and the art of leg spin, his his craft. Wrist spins are tricky art, and what he did was combine the accuracy that you normally associate with a finger spinner, like an off spinner, with the guile and mystery uh, and aggressive instincts of a wrist spinner. So he was two bowlers in one, really. He was a brilliant defensive bowler because he didn't bowl any bad balls, but he was also a magnificent attacking bowler because he applied that pressure with usually McGrath at the other end. I mean, he's the greatest leg spinner. I think you can say without dissent that the game has seen. You know, Wisden picked him as one of the five cricketers of the century, 20th century, and there wasn't much dissent there. You know, you're talking about a cricketer who stands tall with Bradman and Sobers and all these absolute giants and greats of the game. Yeah, very articulate as always, Michael Atherton. And I look forward to reading his reflections on Shane Warne in the Times when that. Drops in the next hour or so, I dare say it will.
3: Uh, that is just remarkable. So, Wisdom named their five cricketers of the century Bradman, Sobers, uh, Jack Hobbs, Viv Richards, and Shane Warne. Shane Warne was the only active cricketer amongst them and mm. the only bowler amongst them. Mm. Yeah, it paints a picture.
1: There's been some good bowlers as well.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> an understatement. There's
1: been some very good bowlers. Yeah,
3: when you use that term guile, I mean, I think that encapsulates it beautifully. We're just looking up at our screens on Fox 501 and it is it, just spellbinding. Like, for me, you just crack a six-pack, put your feet up and just watch all these wickets by Shane Warne. Yep. Uh, do you have a favourite? Is the Gatting ball still number one for you, Ad? Or?
1: Um, I love the, the 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 times he got big wickets with flippers. Mm. And the Gatting one was amazing. The, the Strauss one was fantastic. When the, the one against Pakistan you mentioned before, um, getting Richie Richardson out with that flipper. But I just... I, I was absolutely mesmerized, and it still remains the greatest cricket series that I think I'll ever see. Oh 05. Oh 05. Yeah. And the way that he just kept us all up at night. Mm. He took 40 wickets. At in 19. An, at 19. Like, and, and we still lost the series. Yeah. But it was just his ability to take big wickets at big times. Um, it was fantastic. 99 World Cup. It, that was the World Cup where he just – been dropped from the test That's side right, in yeah. the windies yeah. as well. And he came back and he was taking wickets for fun and, and they made a Nike advert out of it as well, the, the return of Warney So, yeah, so many a quick reflection from you, Jules. Uh, hard to go. To
4: I,
3: it's the Gatting ball. It was mm. just, it was iconic. The first ball in England. And I remember he's saying, top of my mark, and I was a bit nervous. And, you know, AB says, you're up, mate. And he thought, okay, what am I going to do here? Gatting had a reputation of being a decent player of spin. he thought, Okay, I'm just going to rip it as hard as I can. It yeah. Actually, it doesn't matter where it lands, just rip it as hard as I can so at least they know hey, this guy can spin the ball. Mm. And he said it was a fluke because I never did it again. And just the drift, pitches outside leg rips mm. across gating, takes the top of off. It was the perfect delivery.
1: Well, after the break on SEN here, at the Mowers Club this morning, reflecting on the life and times of Shane Moore, we'll hear from his manager and friend, James Erskine.
4: Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
1: Yeah, welcome back. It's usually a morning where we just have a bit of fun going into the weekend. But today's very different, obviously. Firstly, it was Rod Marsh and now Shane Warne. If you're just catching up with the news, Shane Warne um, passed away overnight at the age of 52 in Thailand. His uh he's manager, but more than a manager, I dare say. Good friend, James Erskine joins us on the line right now. James, thanks so much for your time. Difficult morning, I'd imagine, for you. Um, the last 12 hours, how do you describe them from your point of view?
9: Well, I suppose you know everybody at the world sporting worlds in shock, I suppose is the is is the answer. Um, you know I first got a phone call at uh, ten thirty seven last night uh, from a, a guy called new uh, Andrew Neofutis who who runs our office in Melbourne and who's a good friend of the warnings who was with him um, and um, yeah, he sort of uh, was meant to go and have a drink with everybody at five o'clock their time and Five fifteen, he's always on time. One he five fifteen, he was, you know. So they knocked, knocked on his. They were in the villa, knocked on his. Andrew knocked on his door, and he was, uh, he was blue. So I think the answer is, is that uh, we we don't know the correct answer yet. But I think he's had a a major heart attack. But they tried to revive him. Uh, Ambulance came twenty minutes later, and then um, he was uh, uh, pronounced dead at hospital.
3: When was the last time you, you spoke to Shane, James?
9: I spoke to him about three days ago, four days ago. We were talking about golf, actually. Um, he just bought a place down at, in Portsea and uh, we were working out how we were going to go off and play golf together. And mm-hmm. he'd actually just decided to take three months off. So he'd, he was going to have a three month sort of sabbatical after the, uh, after the cricket. This was the first, he flew in the day before. So this was the first day of a three months. So he was taking, take it easy for three months and we were sort of not, he wasn't going to do anything. And I sort of, you know, we blocked off his calendar and, Whatever, because he's you know um, he he was a golfaholic and loved his golf and um, the Dunhill, which he went he, he tied for the, w- w- tied winner last year it was probably his favourite in Scotland yeah. was his favourite week of the year. Yeah. So um, you know he was just going to do that, be with his kids and, and whatever. So they were obviously all very uh, you know I've just spoken again to Jack and they're all you know they're like stun mullets. I think they all just think it's a dream and hopefully they'll wake up from it. Yeah
1: yeah I can't imagine what they're going through and thoughts obviously go out to them but yeah I I remember that because he he was so pumped about being there and like the, there's even a video going around of him clean bowling Michael Vaughan when after they've had a few and they're having a good time so Vaughan he's still picked on the Poms and <laughs> even though uh his his career was was well done I do notice again on social media I remember seeing it a couple of days ago it's like Vaughan he was going to rip into a fitness regime so he's obviously pumped about these these few months ahead that he could just clear his mind clear the calendar and um, enjoy himself
9: yeah he been he does these sort of what I call diet liquid diets you know which it certainly wouldn't be my cup of tea but hmm. um, and uh, so and he just finished one so you know I you know he, he, his weight did fluctuate throughout his career as everybody knows uh, so I, I, I you know that's what, what he was into, so uh, yeah. But he, you know, he, he, he looked after himself really. I mean, I, I mean, he didn't eat. He, he certainly didn't eat the. He liked his sort of, you know, pizzas and you know, white buns and all that sort of jazz. Uh, but anyway, um, it's a tragedy.
1: Absolutely. What, what was he like? I'd say work with, but I can only assume, James, and you can fill us in here about working with someone like that. Wouldn't feel like work because he is just this. Big character, so ideas you throw to him, and obviously this this Amazon um, documentary, which I personally haven't seen yet, but definitely going to have a look now. But a lot of people have. It's it's obviously come off really well about ventures like that, about about being Shane Warne, because he was more than just you know your your average Joe Blow.
9: Yeah, look, I think he was the his greatest. Well, he one he was unbelievable, competitive. You only have to talk to him, but he would you know he wouldn't you know let anyone win, whether it was ping pong or. Uh, you know snooker, or he had to win. You know, he wouldn't give you a three three inch putt on the golf course. So I, I mm-hmm. think, um, uh, you know, that was the first part of it. The, I think his greatest asset was he was the sort of guy that would uh, basically uh, he could talk to the Queen of England and a dustman in exactly the same way. Uh, in fact, he'd probably be the only person in the world who could actually persuade the Queen to. Uh, Helping him put out his dustbins, but he was, uh, he was a very interesting, I can remember a story, he was outside my office, you know, he was going having a fag, and there was a guy in a tiler across the road, he was all, you know, t- chains and straps, and he was tied up to the roof, and he was recognized it, shame Warren, and he, he says, what did in, and he sort of waves to him, and you know, wait, 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 I want your autograph, so, I said, well, this is going to take 20 minutes from getting himself unlatched. He said, well, you know, let's just stay here. I'll have another fag. And, and this guy comes down and signs his helmet. It does take him 20 minutes to get down. But that's the sort of like he was. He was just a very natural with people and wonderful with children. Um, you know, they used to have, when the kids were younger, amazing sort of backyard cricket games with, you know, all the local kids and this and that and friends. And so he was, uh, he was uh, you know, he was larger than life Is is, is the answer. But he was a good friend.
3: We loved him. As as kids, we wanted to be him. We all had an idea of of what Shane was like. Is there something about Warney James that perhaps uh, we don't know?
9: He he didn't like paying commissions, so he and I had (laughs) that. So I said to him, I said, if you think you can do a better job than me, do it yourself. And of course, every time he did something himself, he (laughs) did it up. But no, he was, he did not like paid commissions. So that was one of the funniest things, I think. But he was, uh, no, he was, look, he was always, I can remember being in Positano and and, uh, he was in Melbourne. And uh, this kid came up to me and said to me, you know Shane Warne, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, I'm a leg spinner. And he was eight years old, this kid called Oscar. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll see if I can get him on the phone and you have a chat to him. So I phoned out and Warne picked up the phone and I said, I've got a fan of yours and he's here on holiday uh, at the square at Positano and uh, it's Oscar. And so Oscar had a chat to Shane Warnie and he told him he was a leg spinner and he was he's actually a very good leg spinner. And uh, and uh, Warnie says, send me your videos, get your dad to send me your videos, one from the back, one from the side and I'll critique and give you some help. And that's what he did. So he's a very interesting guy you know he was always wanting to help people and um you know he was a man of the people for sure that was a good way to describe him
1: yeah he he, he was very clear though that he didn't like it going overboard like obviously this part of his life with liz hurley it, it came into the equation like being papped everywhere he went it was like i don't know if you can sum it up this way james he he didn't crave being famous but he didn't mind being famous is that a fair way to put it yeah
9: no i think that you know i think that's probably right i think he liked being famous i mean there was a bit of his nickname was hollywood i think he, he liked and there's nothing wrong with that but he didn't use his fame to get him anywhere he would he wouldn't suddenly push a, a, through a queue or do that or you know use his name and fame to get in places but I think he did quite like you know um, and he was of course adored in England I mean he was respected in England probably more than anywhere in the world mm. I mean you couldn't go I mean I can remember always going to a, a when I first managed him I think in the, uh, 2004 or 5 and we went to a little restaurant uh, behind uh, Harrods uh, an Italian restaurant and all the bloody Italian waiters wanted his autograph mm. um, <laughs> and this, that was in the 2005 Ashes and you know it was you know it had taken his 25 minutes to walk 500 meters because he talked to everybody anyone just stopped him he talked to so uh it was uh i i think that um look I, the judging by all the people all around the world and you know uh you know business leaders you know obviously you know uh, a lot of well-known sports people who have called me and just just people that have you know been touched by him or he's done things for over the years uh, uh, you know at the end of the day i'm feeling very sad today and i think you know we have lost someone that's been important in our lives. And, you know, if you analyse it, why has Shane Warne been important in our, in our lives? Is It's because he has basically made Australians proud of themselves. He has made people feel proud to be Australian. And he's gone out and won test matches and all sorts of things, World Cups for people. And, you know, um, he wasn't perfect, but none of us are perfect. But he was, uh, I think that if you... Have to, you, you remember all the wonderful things and where you were when Warney was doing them on, 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 on the field, on the pitch.
3: You know, we judge the impact of people's passings by the reactions. And you mentioned there you know, so many luminaries and you know, rock stars, you know, Mick Jagger and Ed Sheeran and then Boris Johnson and Gary Lineker. And you talked about the affection that England had for him. It, it is just so heartening. Uh, we'll never see another one like him, will we?
9: Yeah, yeah, never say never. I, they, they come in, you know. There's one in a century, I think. I think you know, you know, he has certainly touched everybody. He was, he, he touched. He, he was far bigger than just cricket. Um, he did it everything his own way. He had an opinion, went right or wrong, and sometimes he was wrong, and he was, he would admit it was wrong. Uh, but he had it, he stuck by it, and whatever it might be, and he wasn't shy to come forward. Um, but he didn't do it in a sort of arrogant, aggressive way. He just had his opinion, and that was his opinion. Yeah. Um, And, um, you know, uh, look, I think uh, everybody, whether they've met him or watched him play cricket, our lives have been better for, you know, having Shane Warne in our lives, if that's the right way of saying it.
1: Yeah, entertaining. Entertaining plus. And I'm sure he was entertaining to be around and um, be a good friend of uh, James Erskine. Thanks so much for uh, reflecting on the life and times of Shane Warne. Obviously, a a tough few days ahead for the family. And I just read with interest that... um, Daniel Andrews and the people of Victoria have offered, obviously, a state funeral and obviously repatriate uh, repatriate the body back here to Australia. But um, yeah, hopefully yeah, everything's con- okay. With- very
9: good. The consulate general in in Thailand is is, is arriving there soon, and they've been unbelievable. So yeah, uh, you know, Australia support their own, don't they? So
1: absolutely, James. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. James Erskine joining us right now uh, just then on SEN, and we thank him for his time, um, the the agent and good friend, as you would be um, if you're in that role, in that relationship with Shane Warne. And um, just one I've read here, Code Sports have um, uh, tweeted a, or put an Instagram post up of a quote from Robert Craddock. Say, uh, Crash asked, I once asked him if he, it was true that Elton Jodd sent to him if he could be anyone else in the world, it would be Warney he goes, yeah, that's true. So did Mick Jagger. <laughs> so, there you go. And I'm sure Ed Sheeran would have been the same as well. He's a yeah. good music friend too. So.
3: Without question. Uh, just hear from the, uh, the News court papers. Warren's mother, Bridget, has shared a few words and she said outside of her home in Blackrock, uh, we're just in shock, uh, but we're okay. And then they spoke of the rainy weather and returned, of course, inside to mourn with her husband, Keith. 0457 736
1: 736. Yeah, it's um he's he was good friends with Andrei Shevchenko, which you think he's a great striker, yeah, Ukrainian footballer who made his name for AC Milan and later yeah. played for Chelsea. How are they good mates? They played poker together, and they were ve- and they became really good mates living in London as well. And um it was only a couple of days ago that he was he was posting his thoughts on what's going on in in Ukraine, thoughts with Andrei Shevchenko. So he he made friends easily, and obviously. When he got to a status where he was pretty famous, he was making famous friends, and that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, that's but it. you hear that story from James Erskine waiting out the front, having a Winnie Blue or whatever he was, waiting for James to come out, and the the roof Tyler comes down. And he it, it wasn't like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, no, I can't be bothered. Yeah. See you later, mate. Whatever. It, he was on their level, too.
3: The queen of the dust. But, uh, but he said, always had time for kids. Mm. Uh, so James Briggs ever got this out? Send me the video he wants to talk to
1: you. It's been the 8-year-old yeah. getting that yeah. getting a critique from Shane Warne.
3: Uh, one of them, my late grandfather used to say you don't ask you don't get. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So many great moments for uh, Shane Warne as well. Let's hear from uh, Alan Border um, about the debut of Shane Warne. He was captain AB when this happened in the early 90s.
10: Yeah, it, um, it, it sounds easy to say now, but uh, even at the time, uh, I just thought there's just something about this young bloke. There was just a, an air of confidence about him. Uh, when he first debuted, um, he was a bit more roly-poly. You know, it looked like he'd been uh, surfing for a couple of months and uh, just turned up with a cricket match. But, uh, and, he, and his figures weren't that flattering. But there was something about just his confidence and the way he landed his leg spinners. He didn't have much else going for him. You know, big spinning leg spinners. But uh, the Indian boys uh, really took to him. Ravi Shastri and uh, Sachin um, Tendulkar hit him all over the place. And I think his figures were 1 for 150. So you sort of think, oh, maybe, you know, something about him. Yeah, that's great. But uh, 150, not a great start. But uh, just in the dressing room and and around, once you got a a bit of a feel for uh, what was required, I mean, he was like a sponge. He learned so quickly. So one for 150, not not a great second test match in Sri Lanka. Then all of a sudden things started to turn around. And by the time we went to England in, in 93, I mean, we had the real deal. Um, just special. Uh, probably didn't predict 700-plus uh, test wickets either. But, um, yeah, it's just what a performer he was. Um, uh, yeah, it's just I, – I just can't believe he's gone. I, I, I still think I'm going to wake up um, and uh, it'll all be just a, a terrible dream. Um, but uh, – Gee, you know, at Gatting, I mean, <laughs> how good does that get? That's his first ball he's ever bowled in England, and uh, that's what he produced. It's uh, Just, uh, you know, incredible. And uh, I just knew from that moment we're going to win this. We're going to win this series. Um, simple as that.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Alan Border, he, probably, he himself probably didn't know what he had when Shane Warren comes yeah. into the Test team. No, no one. And going back to the early nineties, no one could have predicted. What he was about to be like. Yeah, I mentioned before, people like you know Wayne Rooney or or David Beckham or um, Michael Jordan. There was a like there was a quote I think it was from Larry Bird or or someone early in Michael Jordan's collegiate career saying mm. he is going to be one of the all time greats. Yeah. Shane Warne, the the tubby kid from the Melbourne suburbs who gave up AFL a couple of years ago, lobs into the Australian Test team. You think oh yeah, hopefully it works out. He takes yeah. a few wickets here and there. 708.
3: Well, I go back to Hoggy, you get to 500. Well, you're an idiot. There's no way to take 500. Yeah, it was only 208 off. You know, it's just remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah, Alan Border there, the Australian captain. Warney looked up to greatly, as did, as he did, too, to, to Mark Taylor. I remember you talking about mm. you, you didn't know what you had. Mark Taylor certainly knew what he had. And, and I remember in a press conference, it was a poor choice of words by Tubby. And, you know, Warney had just taken a bag full. And the captain says, Oh, it's great to have a player like Warney in your Arsenal great to have a player like Wardy in your ass.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, things just about to get away in the uh, the Women's World Cup match over there in New Zealand. Australia playing England. Looks like England have won the toss, but we'll uh, keep you up to date with that. Obviously, later on, it's Australia and Pakistan as well in the uh, the second day of the test match with um, Australia at one for... Uh, Pakistan, I should say, one for 234. thirty four. Forty 45? Yep. Sorry, it was... One of the first things that I planned to look at this morning, but yes. it kind of got distracted when we all woke yeah. up and had some kind of message on our phone. But uh, just with that toss, England have won the toss. And they've chosen the bowl, which is an interesting tactic. Mm. Um, but we are off to a quick break on the Mowers Club here on SEN 1170. Adam Peacock and Julian King we will be back right after this.
5: Shane Warne, way back in Perth when he took wicket number 699 to remove Monty Panisar. He'll be delighted that wicket number 700 has not just come here at the MCG on Boxing Day, but it's also Andrew Strauss. bloke playing well and in front of his home crowd he holds the ball aloft. Well bowled Shane Warne, wonderful career and no better way than to hit the stumps for wicket number 700.
1: Never forget that one. We're all uh, sitting on the couch. Oh, <laughs> if not, then, were you
3: stage. There? No, not at Melbourne, no. no, no. But you, you couldn't leave because you're waiting for it. You know, will this be the ball? Will this be the ball? And it was poor, poor Straussie. Uh, will forever go down in history. And, and, and the thing is, and, and if you don't have Amazon, just get it, watch this Warren documentary. It's so insightful. And, and they talk about him being, as I said, the great psychologist. And Strauss says, you know, this is what Warren does. So Warren, he's just tossing the ball and he's chirping away. So, hey, Straussie. I'm getting you out next ball. You're out next ball. Right? Hmm. Next week, you're gone. You're gone. And Strauss goes, right. My, my immediate reaction is, right, oh, I'm going to step down the witness hit him before. And then he pauses and he, hang on, that, that's what he wants me to do. <laughs>
1: exactly.
3: And then you're in two minds and you think, is he bluffing me here? What am I doing? Do I come out of it? Do I defend? Is he expecting me to defend? or is he? And, and that's what he did. And he was better at that than anybody else. No, mm. four, five, seven. 736-736. Matt on the text line, Jules and Adam, all I can say is thank you, Warnie. You made life better. We will miss you, but never ever forget you. Thank you, Matt.
1: And um, just on the uh, the Women's World Cup match that is just about to start, uh, uh, England to bowl first against Australia. I do notice in the Australian lineup one of my favourite cricketers to watch at the moment, mm. because she bowls beautiful leg spin and has got an action that's not too dissimilar to the great one. It's um, Alana King, so she'll be Heavily involved today, and we'll keep you up to date throughout the afternoon. And as mentioned, uh, the resumption of day two of the test match coming up on SEN between Australia's men and Pakistan later.
3: Yeah, Yeah, just on Alana King, she tweeted about five hours ago, cannot fathom the news I've woken up to. An idol and the biggest inspiration to me. Everyone wanted to be like Warney, and I was sure one of them. A character who revolutionised the art of spin bowling and brought plenty of flair to the game. You'll be missed. King. King. And there's Alana King.
1: King. King to King. Yeah, Alana King. Um, they they love working with him at at Fox Cricket, and I've mentioned before about to Trent Copeland yeah. how he how he'd sit there and he'd he'd give he'd he'd have a view on everything. I oh, should be doing this, should be doing that. Why isn't the captain doing this? Why isn't this bowler coming on? Why is this batsman playing this shot? This that and the other. And he'd come up with ten to twenty kind of pontifications yeah. about what should be happening, and then one or two would come off. Oh, he's a
3: genius! throw the darts and then one lands it. <laughs> Uh, that Australian 11, uh, Lisa Healy, Rachel Haynes, Meg Lanning, Elise Perry, Beth Mooney, Talia McGrath. It, hasn't she been good this summer? Annabelle mm. Sutherland, Jess Johnston, Alana King, Megan Shoot, and the young Darcy Brown. She's got a bit of pace in her too, Darcy Brown.
1: That's a strong 11. <laughs> That's it, it's a strong amazing. 11.
3: They got, tremend, they got the best depth in world cricket. Mm. And I talked to actually Laura Dolly yesterday. She said generally nine of the 11 are good to go. And then depending on the pitch. Uh, something beautiful about these New Zealand grounds ads, as I look, it's a little overhead, a little overcast um, up above. But Seddon Park, Hamilton, they're just so picturesque. Mm. A NASA saying, No doubt they're ruminating on the passing of Shane Warno. Four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, a lot of texts coming through. Uh, Tartra Eagle, good morning to you. Uh, morning, boys. Tragic to hear about Warney's passing. As you would be aware, there are many Aussies without a home after the floods. Many are still stranded without water or food. Would mean a lot if you guys could give them a shout-out. Thanks, fellas. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, of course... There's a lot going on in the world at the Mm. moment, but we haven't forgotten about, you know, the people up and down the East Coast and Brisbane, Lismore in particular, uh, Moorlumbar and and even homes in Sydney around the Hawkesbury. Um,
1: On Shane Warne, uh, here he is part of this interview that he did with Crash Craddock on Cricket Legends about the art of leg spin.
2: First of all, leg spin is hard. Um, The second point is about seeing young kids and inspiring young kids. I think a lot of people experiment with leg spin. What happens is... They'll all do it to about 15 or 16. And that's when you need the love of the captains and coaches. And that's why I wish shield cricketers, first-class cricketers, will get back to the schools and get back and help out the young kids at schools because if you get those guys helping you and getting specific coaching, just a tip here or there can really make a difference.
1: It's a hard thing to do. I mean, bowling, <laughs> full stop, is the it's most... It's just unnatural, it's isn't it? Yeah, extremely unnatural, Beat fast bowling, medium pace, um, conventional orthodox... Spin bowling or
3: right arm pies in my case, or left arm pies <laughs> in your case. Exactly. Yeah, change a bowler. The southern end, peacock bowling, left arm runs. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. Like I, at home because I work from home a lot of the time. I have got a cricket ball there. Yeah, and it's great. the first thing you do when you get a cricket ball in your hand is try to. Spin it yeah, the wrist. Spin yeah. it like flick it out of your hands yeah. out, or, or hold it like Nathan Lyon does and goes, Man, this is unnatural. Or yeah. flick it out of the back of the thing. And sometimes, of course, it slips out and goes into the door yeah. or the wall. You've got yeah. a little <laughs> nice little cherry on the Blame wall. Blame the kids
3: here. Yeah. Did you
1: have did you ever
3: get a hold of one of those Shane Warne sort of practice balls where it told you where to put the fingers on them? Yeah. Yeah. The, like I said, cope, he's got two fingers up, two fingers down. Just, just not too tight, just sitting nicely in the hand. But Warren talked about how he would busted both his legs. And got mm. himself around on like a little sort of skateboard kind of contraption, mm. and that process as a kid of just using his hands really strengthened his wrists, mm. which made him a prolific spinner of the cricket ball. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah, how things like that happen, and then
3: it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a path to destiny. Honestly, it—it yeah. it,
1: it reads like that. And it, all he wanted to do growing up was play footy. Yeah, and then worked out he wasn't good not enough. Good so enough. <laughs> the fallback sometimes. Everyone listening is not bad. And one thing, um, it—it it, like you don't like to go into great detail about how this has happened, what that's happened. We we understand it is a heart attack. Now it was Rod Marsh about the heart attack and we don't know detail. And we're not going to get into detail about those respective things. But all I can say is that for anyone listening, and this was one of the first things that I thought of this morning, especially for people over the age of 40, is get the ticker checked. You can do the the full check. It'll give you the full health report about how it is. I was down at a, a game a couple of weeks ago and there was a kid, he's 18. He had started having a heart flutter that he had to get carted off as well. Go and get the ticket check, especially for people over the age of 40. It's so important. It's easy to do. It's easy to book in and just go and and get it checked because that was, as I mentioned, one of the the first things that I thought of. And, um, yeah, for some people it's a ticking time bomb. You don't know. You you feel totally healthy. But if you do that check, it Mm. can find things that might – prevent something really, yep. really bad happening down the track. Yep, so yep, I can we'll only see. tell people um, or ask people to, to maybe investigate that particular point of view. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a sad day, um, but it, it's in a way being able to talk about it and listening to all these stories, it's, it's I don't know, it, it it does help in a way.
3: Without question. Just on the heart thing, Darren Lehman, of course, was another one too that had the, the heart attack and, yeah. you know, Kick the dart habit, and and he's he's sending out that message as well. Uh, James on the text line. Many years ago, living in Sweden, an Aussie mate and I, after a good night out, sat down, raided the drinks cabinet, and watched the Gadding ball for two hours. We just replayed it over and over in slow mo until we passed out. You know what? You're a bit of a nerd, like Adam and I, when it comes to that respect, James. Uh, there is, if you look on YouTube, somebody's put up the Gadding ball, but in super slow mo, and you just see this thing fizzing and drifting out of the hand, and. It actually, it's it's like a fine wine, that delivery. It gets better with age. It gets better with age. Yeah, good memory. Thank you for James. Keep those texts coming in on 0457 736 736. We'll get to Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport shortly. Uh, Jason writes, the world has stopped spinning. The world has stopped spinning. Yeah. Nicely said.
1: For a heartbeat, it certainly has. Um, Tristan Merlihan does join us right now from topsport.com.au. Tristan, usually we're all jovial and, and happy this morning. It's a reflective tone instead this morning. How are you, mate?
6: Yeah, yeah. Woke up to obviously some very sad news, as you guys have been touching on, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different morning. Very sad, and um, it's you know obviously everyone's paying their respects rightfully, and um, yeah, it's just uh, I think as you touched on, go, go and get your heart checked and all those things. It, it's an important, and it, and it makes you realise. Like I think the thing that I took away from waking up to the news was I had to look, you know, like one of Warney's last tweet was about um, about Marsh as well, and mm-hmm. like it just shows you never know when something's gonna. Going to happen like this, and you make sure give your kids a hug and those sort of things. Like, it's just a just a really sad day.
1: Definitely. And up in your part of the world, mate, you're on the Gold Coast, but you've got an office just south of the border. Um, obviously, a few things have happened this week in all parts of the world, including that part of the world. How are things up there with the floods?
6: Yeah, we had an office uh, in Mulumbara; it's fully underwater, so we uh, that office no. is gone now, which is um, yeah, unfortunate. But l- luckily, we um, we got everyone out of there on. Friday, last Friday week ago. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, the floods rose over the weekend, and uh, yeah, the whole track. You know, it's like our office is only a small part of it, but it's on the Moolenvale race track, and uh, that track is uh, the, the winning post. Was the water it was up to the top of the winning post? So, yeah, some What's really uh, torrid feet. scenes. Uh, yeah, ten feet. And um, my uh, the family finally were able to get down to check out the office there yesterday. And driving down and seeing cars tipped over on the side of the road, you know, been washed away. It was just, uh, it was extraordinary scenes. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, everyone down that area got to got to high ground because yeah, it was a it was a tough tough watch seeing all of that for all of the families down there.
3: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, Forgotten Town too, isn't it, Wollumbinba? We'll all the focus on Lismore, but people are there saying, well, hang on, we're we're it too. Uh, racing today. Uh, first, let's have a look at Randwick. The Randwick Guineas. Uh, what sort of track we got, Tristan?
6: Yeah, we got a very wet track. It's a heavy ten. Uh, I didn't think they'd get through the meeting last week, but they did. And, and this this weekend, it's just as wet, if not more so. So yeah, the uh, the Randwick Guineas, as you say, we got Animo, uh, very well back favourite. It's been two hundred five into one hundred eighty five. Hilal as well, six fifty into four dollars eighty. So good good day of racing. Hopefully people can sit down and watch the races, take their mind off things a little bit, and, and enjoy the day.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Nick Davis is not around for the stupid multi today, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have a little dash at the stumps, if that's all right for the uh, the cancer council, and try and raise some money. It hasn't happened in a while, Tristan, has it? It's uh, been a run of outs.
6: It has been a run of outs, but we got twenty six hundred in the kick, so I reckon you might be able to to get something home and uh, and see if we can raise that today.
3: Uh, just just before Adam <laughs> uh, does something really exotic, uh, turnstile <laughs> mate, is that still running from last week? Because I had a little dabble <laughs> on it.
6: Yes, yeah, it was. I thought actually coming around the bend, it might have been a half chance, but yeah. then it just didn't handle the the wet. Unfortunately, we've got Sweeter Power. We tipped that very heavily a couple of weeks ago. Adam, it's in today at the uh, up at Toowoomba, so make sure punters keep an eye out on that. It's in a little bit shorter this time around, though. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just where that handles that track. It's a tricky old track, Toowoomba. So they moved the meeting obviously from Doomben up there due to the weather. So we'll see how everything plays out today.
1: Do you know what happened last week, Tristan? Do you know how I like my outsiders and things like that? Do you, do you, want, to, do you want to back in the Blue Diamond? <laughs> what did you back
6: in the Blue Diamond? The winner
1: at 20 to
5: 1. <laughs> oh, oh, wow.
6: <laughs> Down at
1: Barn Boogle there. The, uh, yeah, the, the bar at... Um where was it? Lost Farm. Certainly heard about that when it crossed the line. <laughs> anyway, mate, wow,
6: that's that's a very impressive result.
1: I'll we'll go to uh, I'll go to the Australian Guineas at Flemington, uh, and I'll just have a uh, hundred on Captivant.
6: Hundred on captivant Well, it's it's been very well supported this morning. So seven dollars into six. So I'll pop that on uh, best of the best for you for, for the charity count. Jules, did you want to throw something at the stumps to to utilise Nick's hundred instead of throwing it away? On yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, hang on a minute. Then just let me bring up
3: topsport dot com.
1: Dot au. Good day racing. We've got the Randwick Guineas. We've got the Australian Guineas. Um, what race is the
3: Randwick Guineas, by the way? Um, Just tell me now, it's eight, race, isn't it? Race, seven. Eight, race seven. seven. All right, bringing it up now. Race eight, sorry. sorry oh, race
1: eight. Who's the bookie? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: You've had a bit on, Tristan. I, it's understandable. i to say,
3: uh, <laughs> uh, given the track, I, I'm not at those odds going to back Animo. No. So let's go. Jeez, everything else.
1: Not that we need to get to a break or anything, Jules, here. <laughs>
3: Uh like Tim Clark, let's go the number two converge. Oh, uh, there you
6: go. Two converge. Best of the best. That's all done. So we've got the two bets on and uh yeah, we'll we'll chat to you guys next week.
1: Tristan, appreciate it, mate, and good luck with the cleanup in my and uh, glad to hear that everyone's safe first and foremost. Cheers, mate.
6: Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon.
1: Lord, Tristiano Merlihan from topsport.com.au. We'll be back to wrap up the show right after this.
4: Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
1: Nick Davis not around as we wrap up the show uh, this morning. Julian King has been here. Um, We're just two nuffies who love their cricket and we've been reflecting on the life and times of, yeah, the greatest cricketer that I ever saw Life
3: As I imagine... Most cricket loving Australians will be doing today and tomorrow mm. and beyond. Just waking up to that shocking news that Shane Warren has passed away at uh, age 52 after suffering a heart attack in Thailand. Shane Keith Warren, the greatest spinner in history, 145 test matches, 708 wickets at 25.41. 37 times he took five wickets in an innings, and 10 times he took 10 wickets in a match. Uh, just a, a text here from No Name, just with regards, Adam, to those. Five cricketers of the century all of them were sirs except yeah. for Shane Warne
1: well we don't do it yeah
3: no. maybe well, <laughs> well you know there, there's a debate for another day
1: uh there was um yeah so yeah, over Lisa in New Zealand Healy,
3: yeah the Australian vice captain uh, they've just taken the field now they're observing a moment's silence for the passing of Rod Marsh as well as Shane Warne they're about to get underway in the 50 over World Cup that's said Park in Hamilton and she had this to say
2: If there was ever a time to to walk out onto the field and enjoy ourselves um, with a little bit of perspective, I think today's the day, especially with what's going on in the world over the last uh, week, it's been really sad. And obviously to lose two icons of Australian cricket within the space of 24 hours is, um, yeah, pretty hard to take. But um, this group's, um, we're going really well. We'll just go out there, play with smiles on our faces and and know that um, for everybody, doing it tough around the world at the minute, hopefully we can uh, help them enjoy a couple of hours.
1: Yeah, well said, Alyssa Healy, and that's uh, they're just doing the anthems and the commemorations right now in Hamilton for Shane Warne and Rod Marsh. And on Rod Marsh, uh, I got this from um, a friend of mine, Chris Classic, who former um, broadcaster, New South Wales keeper, yeah, yeah. But Craig, yeah, well, sorry, Craig, Craig was the brother, yes, I Craig's Mike. the brother. I know, Chris. Um and Craig very rarely uh, comments. He's got some great stories, and he's, mm. he's actually a really good writer as well. But he posted this on um, on Facebook about Rod Marsh who he went to work with at the academy back in the day and I'm grateful for the concise encouraging words and advice he gave me during those years he did the same for many others have noted that Rod had a great dry sense of humour with impeccable timing one day Rod was umpiring our centre wicket practice and a tail ender kept swinging like a rusty gate trying to clear the fence with every ball Rod watch, watched this go on for five or six balls in a row then he meandered down the pitch stroked his chin and just quietly said Brett you think it might be possible that you're getting your ability mixed up with your ambitions? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, That was my Rudy Edsel on Twitter. He said, my dad's name was actually Rod Marsh. He tried to sneak into the the MCG one day and security stopped. He said, what's your name, mate? Rod Marsh. And the security guy said, yeah, and I'm effing Dennis (laughs) (laughs) Lilley. Oh, Oh, thank you, Greenkeeping Rooster, to James, to Maza, and to Des for your text messages. And thank you to everybody for your thoughts and reflections. Today, on a, a very different and doleful program here as we um, reflect on the life of Shane Warne.
1: Yeah, weird morning. Mornings we could do without, but um, yeah, there was uh, a bit to, to take in. We thank our guests, Trent Copeland and James Erskine as well and uh, your reflections on the text line and Chris Warren's coming up throughout the afternoon here on SCN 1170 with more reflections and more on sport. Uh, I've been Adam Peacock, you've been Julian King. Gibbo's been uh, driving the show magnificently this morning. A few moving pieces, so well done, Gibbo, and thank you for uh, uh, clipping up all those moments that we've been playing throughout the morning. Enjoy your day, everyone. As we know, more than ever after this week, life is short, so you may as well enjoy it. Thanks for your time. Have a good hour,